other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. Here we are, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Frank. Welcome to another Friday edition of The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. As we do each and every Friday morning, we are going to begin the program with Ask Frank Anything. That means you need to take three steps. One, think of an interesting question. Two, Dial 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. And then wait your turn to ask your question. I would love some interesting questions. I felt last couple of weeks the questions have been sort of flagging. So if you can come up with something a little creative, a little different, a little outside of the box, I would love to answer it. Now, meantime, one of the questions I do get from time to time is, Hey, Frank, why do you always complain when they run out of... uh, bottled water or water from the water cooler. Why don't you drink water from the tap just like everybody else? Well, an interesting report out this week. One in five New Yorkers may be drinking water from lead pipes. Lead pipes may carry water to as many as 900,000 New York City homes. More than 60 years after these pipes were banned across the five boroughs, That's the word from a new report by the New York City Coalition to end lead poisoning. By analyzing publicly available data from the city's Department of Environmental Protection, the report found that nearly half of all buildings in Brooklyn and Manhattan are served by pipes that are either certainly or potentially made of lead. That is a dangerous heavy metal that can cause permanent brain damage and other developmental problems in children if consumed. Staten Island's Port Richmond, not too far from where I live, have the highest proportion among individual neighborhoods. So I'm going to continue to drink bottled water, water from the water cooler and filtered water. And I'm not going to be judged by you for doing so. I don't want lead in my water. And apparently, even though we're not supposed to have lead pipes, there's still plenty of lead in the water. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I know I may sound like a broken record on the issue of corporate welfare. I know uh, one side of the political aisle calls it corporate welfare. The other side of the political aisle calls it crony capitalism. Whatever you call it, I never feel great about public money, taxpayer money, going directly to private businesses. I've never liked it. And I talk about this a great deal. Well, There's a new report out that shows I have good reason to be talking about this a great deal. New York's corporate welfare has hit a new high. Are you ready for this? Spending $10.7 billion in direct economic development and tax breaks last year. That's according to a new policy brief from the Citizens Budget Commission, which says New York State and its local governments need to analyze their programs to see if they're worth it. New York spends more on economic development than almost 
any other state. And that level of spending just encourages other governments to increase subsidies for manufacturing companies or film and TV production or sports teams or whatever else. Now, ask yourself, we're spending more on economic development than almost any other state in the union. Are we really getting the bang for our buck in that respect? I think not. And I think the president of the CBC, Andrew Ryan, is absolutely right when he says, by being a leader and adding more and more, we feed the race to the bottom for interstate competition. And like me, the Citizen Budget Commission has long been a consistent critic of government's economic development spending. I'm all for targeted programs. I think targeted programs can be very useful but they need serious and rigorous evaluation. We're not seeing that rigorous evaluation. We're seeing politicians give away the store with your money to the people that make the largest campaign contribution, <clears throat> James Dolan, and the people that have the biggest lobbyists, <clears throat> Buffalo Bills. This is crony capitalism slash corporate welfare at its worst. Rather than give our taxpayer money away and then keep raising and raising the taxes of the working people in this state, how about you lower our taxes and you stop giving our taxpayer money away to corporations that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars? Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. I want to follow up to a story that we've been covering, namely, why did it take so long to catch the Gilgo Beach murderer? And I have been of the belief that this investigation was botched from the beginning, and one of the people primarily responsible for botching it was James Burke. And the headline in the New York Post, he was the Suffolk County police chief who subsequently went to prison after beating up someone that stole his duffel bag full of sex toys and pornography. Headline in the New York Post today, top cop who botched Gilgo Beach murder case was once jailed for beating crook who stole his sex toy. But it's interesting that an attorney by the name of John Ray, who is representing the families of the Gilgo Beach victims, Jessica Taylor and Shannon Gilbert, he said this case was bungled and polluted from the beginning. Now, Ray also represented an escort who claimed that she had a fling with James Burke. Follow what I'm saying here. James Burke, the Suffolk County police chief that chased the FBI off this investigation, James James Burke, who botched this investigation that he was in charge of, which when new leadership came in, they were essentially able to solve it right away. There was at least one prostitute that claimed she had a fling with him. Additionally, internal affairs probes into Burke's conduct alleged that he had a sexual affair with at least one prostitute, including hooking up in his police car. That's James Burke. So you have a situation here where there's at least two credible allegations, one from an attorney representing a prostitute and one from internal affairs of the police department that say James Burke had a history of patronizing prostitutes. We know that it was James Burke that chased the FBI off this case. Do you think it's a stretch 
to say that maybe the reason that he didn't want the FBI involved in this case is because he didn't want any investigative authorities finding out about the kind of things he was doing. I think this deserves a lot more scrutiny. And apparently Steve Ballone, the Suffolk County executive who appointed Jimmy Burke to this position, apparently Steve Ballone was warned before Burke was appointed that this guy has a lot of scandals, a lot of issues, and a lot of problems. Don't appoint him. And Steve Ballone appointed him anyway. I think Ballone is going to have to account for that sooner rather than later. If you're interested in more on this, listen to the podcast of yesterday's program, Top of the Hour, at 4 a.m. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, there's quite a bit happening on the migrant front as it relates to New York City. New York City is now going to distribute flyers at the U.S.-Mexico border telling newly arrived migrants to consider another city and limit shelter stays for adult asylum seekers to 60 days as the city's mayor, Eric Adams, says it is straining to house them. In an announcement on this yesterday, the office of the mayor said the flyers would seek to combat misinformation at the border and that the city would help migrants find other housing and take the next step in their journey. This new flyer that New York City plans to circulate at the border highlights the high cost of housing, food, and other necessities that migrants will encounter if they travel to New York City. Some of these migrant families actually walked out of their Sheepshead Bay shelter in an impromptu protest of the food provided there, which they say has sickened several people and resulted in emergency room visits. Obviously, nobody should be getting food that's not safe to eat, but you have to wonder about the gumption of these migrants. These folks came to a city that they were not invited to, that they are not legal citizens of, and they're being housed on the generosity of the taxpayers of New York City, and they're complaining about the quality of the food? Well, maybe you should have thought of that before you came here. Again, I'm not trying to villainize people that are escaping a tough situation, but I would think a lot of these people are grateful to not be living under the fear of persecution and violence. Meantime, part of New York City's plan is to ship these migrants to to other counties around the state. That's not going too well because the other counties don't want them. For instance, here was Suffolk County legislator Kevin McCaffrey. The residents of Suffolk County should not have to shoulder the burden of the failed policies of the Biden and Hochul administrations. New York City made a conscious decision to call itself a sanctuary city. Suffolk County did not. So there's a lawsuit about this situation, about whether or not Mayor Adams can ship these migrants to other parts of the state. And on Wednesday, the mayor got a major setback in this state because the mayor is trying to change the venue to New York City. And so he sued in a Manhattan court and the judge, Lyle Frank in Manhattan, was not persuaded. He made the absolute right decision and says, look, these are events in Niagara and Onondaga counties. And the mayor's office was saying, well, it all began in Manhattan. No, it didn't. I don't know where this lawsuit is going to go, but it doesn't look like it's going too well for Mayor Adams. Beam me up! To be continued. 